Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello. And welcome to The Chat Returns, a mini-series of conversations about our relationships with the world's greatest animation studio, Studio Ghibli. I'm Michael Leader. And I'm Steph Watts, and we've seen the lot of them. And I'm Jake Cunningham, and I've collapsed into them as well. So join us on our quest into the glorious world of Ghibli. Jake, Steph, welcome back to The Chat Returns. This week is one of those fun weeks for me where I get to sit back and listen to you two interview our guest. Oh, yeah. And you missed out, mate. It was a lovely chat. And uh, we're so excited to uh, to be sharing it with our listeners because Steph and I were lucky enough to sit down and talk to, oh, I don't know, how do you gauge levels of cool? But I mean, someone on the considerably stratospheric level of coolness higher than uh, me and maybe just a touch cooler than Steph. But yeah, this is the the Brit Award winner, Arlo Parks. Yeah, so exciting to talk to her. I mean, we kind of read in interviews before that while she was recording her album, she'd been watching like a different Ghibli movie every day during the recording process. So it was really fun to talk to her about that and her favourite ones, what she took from them. She had some very interesting favourites, which we're going to hear about. Uh, Jake, I know you're very pleased with her choices. I absolutely am. Um, yeah, I've, I, I feel like I've been vindicated for uh, a certain opinion of mine uh, <laughs> that's lasted the length of this podcast. Um, but great to be talking about that with Arlo and also... What's, what was really nice about talking Ghibli with her is to kind of get this crossover of artistic influence. Like we are often talking to people that are involved within filmmaking. Uh, and so we can kind of have a rough idea of uh, how those processes work because that's the world that we immerse ourselves in. And although we all love music, uh, it's not like we're out recording demos or doing kind of interviews with bands or musicians all the time. And so to hear about how this art form that Ghibli work on crosses into her work was fascinating. 
and it's just all around just a just a lovely conversation to have i can't wait to listen to this conversation jake you mentioned having some of your opinions on ghibli's films vindicated of course all your opinions on ghibli's films have now been put into print for everyone to read criticize support <laughs> take down <laughs> as part of the ghibli attack book ghibli attack the unofficial guide to the movies of studio ghibli this mini series is running up to the release of the book second of september in the uk 14th of september in the us and if this podcast and the book isn't enough ghibliotech for you uh then we've got a lot happening over on apple Podcasts. where for subscribers there uh we have got our bonus library cafe series where we in our most recent episode have been talking all things olympics which was a lot of fun and so in that chat we've got a bit of chat on from up on poppy hill bit of akira we get into the most recent studio Ponock short, Tomorrow's Leaves. But most importantly, we get into how cool the skateboarding at the Olympics is. So check out uh, us on Apple Podcasts if you want to listen to that bonus episode there. Now, before we jump over to hear our conversation with Arlo, in case you haven't heard her music, do go and check it out. Her album Collapsed in Sunbeams is out now and it is really, really good. And it's there's something to her lyrics that I find really affecting. And we bring it up in the interview about this kind of focus on the details of life and that she very much like Studio Ghibli kind of hones in on these minor things that you or I might encounter and how those feed into this kind of wider artistic appreciation of life and how that translates into her art so do go and check that out i mean there is so many fantastic interviews with her as well where you can hear more about how ghibli crosses over with what she's doing so go and listen to the album it's brilliant you can do it before you listen to the interview you can do it afterwards but it's coming up next here she is arlo parks If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Arlo Parks, it is so lovely to welcome you into the, the halls and shelves of the Ghibliotech. Uh, and talk to you about this uh, wonderful film studio. So I'd love to ask you, where did it all begin? Your relationship, of course, with Studio Ghibli, that is. Uh, what was the first thing you encountered? Um, yeah, it's interesting, you know, because I didn't actually grow up with any of the Studio Ghibli films. I actually discovered it a little bit later by myself when I was probably about 13 or 14. Um, and I remember I made a friend at a party and she was obsessed with Studio Ghibli and I, I had not even heard of it before. I was really like intrigued. And I mean, it's kind of a classic, but the first one I watched was Spirited Away. Um, and I was completely transported by the surreal quality, the imagination that goes behind the characters, that goes behind even the storylines and the textures and the colours. Um, although I guess, you know, people have often thought of them as you know films for younger people for kids I got so much from it and I literally watched them relentlessly and that also came into the album process as well yeah and so uh, after Spirited Away what came next what was it all of the Miyazaki films or were you just ready to go through all of it I was I was ready to go through all of it you know, I, I'm one of those people, it's almost like horror films. Like I was so scared of horror films for ages. And then I just watched everything that I could find in like a month. I don't really know what, where that comes from, but yeah. So when you were kind of recording your album and like watching all these Ghibli movies at the same time, what was the kind of process? Was it like a different one every day? Were you like jumping back into the same one or? Yeah, it was, it was a different one every day. Um, and it almost became our way of, of, of resting. You know, we would do this thing where in the morning, um, Luca would have worked on a beat and I would write to it and then we would kind of cook each other pasta or lunch and we would like watch a Studio Ghibli film. And I remember finding that, you know, the themes within the films were subconsciously bleeding into the record and I found it really strange, you know. We watched Princess Kaguya and... I was just really interested in the relation, the kind of like familial dynamic um, and the relationship that like young kids have with their parents um, when it comes to what their parents want for them and, and what they actually feel internally. And then, you know, Green Eyes, the song ended up interrogating like, you know, someone's relationship with their parents and with their parents not accepting them as as who they were and when I realized that I was like okay that is pretty that's pretty freaky <laughs> but in a good way you know that's amazing yeah I, I unfortunately I'm I can't I can't sing I can't do music I can't draw or anything like that and and so I'm kind of just stuck with overanalyzing all of the Ghibli films rather than kind of bringing them into any other creative process um, but it, it's kind of it's fascinating to hear about that and that that daily routine just sounds amazing and but I love that it's tied to food as well because of course you're going to be watching Ghibli films and get the urge to start cooking as well um, so Kaguya kind of has has that effect that you've just described there um, what 
about some of the other films? What are you maybe drawing from them that you can still see in the album as well, or that we might be able to hear in the album if we can hear Kaguya and Green Eyes? Are there any other examples you might be able to share? Um, I think the main thing that I, I learn about Studio Ghibli films is the idea of balance um, and the danger of, of excess. Um, and just kind of exploring the light and the dark sides of things, you know. When I think about like Tales from Earthsea, for example, or something, there is that very real, you know, like dual self kind of idea in that film. Um, and that's something that definitely fed into the record. And just the idea of exploring what it means to be a human being in a holistic way um, and exploring the light and the dark. So that's definitely a big, a big one for me. Oh, I'm, I'm so happy to hear that as as a defender of Tales from Earthsea um, to have to have it kind yes, of given yes. some prestige there. <laughs> I'm so with you. You know, I didn't realize that this was like people were like hating on that one. And I really like it. I love like I feel like it's there's that little kind of um, one on one moment that they have at the end that was like so heartbreaking to me when they talk about the the kind of the value of like being alive and how precious our time is. And I mean, yeah, I really like that one. Everyone's like, no, I guess because it's like apparently not faithful to Earthsea by like Ursula Le Guin. But I'm like, it can be, it can be its own thing. Leave it alone. <laughs> Did you have any other particular favourites? I mean, my favourite of all time is probably Princess Mononoke just because it, I don't know what it is about that film, but it just touches something really deep within me and it has my favorite villain I think Lady Eboshi definitely my favorite villain um and I don't know the forest spirit even the boar demon thing that absolutely terrified me and I was not a child I was literally like 17 but just like all the little worms on it I was like absolutely not <laughs> but it's such a creative it's a creative film I love it that was one that was kind of lost on me the first time because I was going into it thinking it's like this battle epic and then by the end and I was kind of confused as to what everyone was doing or where they were and who was good or who was bad and this was early on when I was watching Ghibli films and then it's only later that I realized that kind of that kind of confusion is part of it like that that gray area that everyone kind of exists in that's very much part of the morality uh, within Princess Mononoke and that's I think something that's we, we always talk about that's so good about Ghibli is it's rare that you kind of get these binary villains. There is, uh, like, it, there's always some kind of depth to whatever's going on, or even no villain at all uh, can be just as good. No, I agree. I agree. And when you think about, like, I don't know, even like, um, what's her name? The the Witch of the Waste in Howl's Moving Castle. When she like melts down, I think she's actually kind of my favorite. Like, with the, holding the little dog on the back of the the like plane or wherever they're doing and like she's although she has these moments of like you know greed or like wanting the heart and like having power but I just think that all the characters have a million facets to them and so it, it makes them films that you can really kind of see in like a in like a more it's just very human that's what I love about these movies they just feel very human and people make mistakes and people are rarely completely good and I think that's how you know life is so mm. yeah How's Moving Castle is such a good example of that I think the first time I watched it I was a bit confused because you don't have that kind of one villain that has to be defeated type thing and it's a little bit 
disconcerting to watch something like that. I think if you're used to watching a lot of animated films where it's like, yeah, the main villain has to be defeated. And then something like this is just so kind of colourful and like has so much depth and interest in all of those characters. It's, yeah, really interesting. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think it makes it almost... The films can often be like challenging to to the animated films that we grew up watching or just the films that we generally watch as you say usually there's that villain and and the kind of hero has that really specific purpose and they always do things for a reason um and i think these films kind of deconstruct that what what kind of stuff were you watching at the time that then you get shown spirited away and it totally kind of jolts you out um what was i watching when i was like 13 14 honestly it was it was probably very rubbish things <laughs> I liked what well, I did like I was watching a lot of like super, I would watch a lot of superhero films you know like whether it's like Marvel films um but there was always you know there would be like Batman and the Joker and they would be so like their roles would be so exaggerated within the film as like this is the one who saves everyone and this is the person who's messed up and trying to kill everyone and and I think when I watched Spirited Away as well I think it's also the, the fact that I was just thinking about like how the director's minds must work because it's like you're thinking so far outside the box. There's a creature like who who's spewing out gold in a bath. There's like a boy who turns into a dragon. There's like a weird massive baby. Like it was completely blowing my <laughs> mind. Yeah. I think Spirited Away, I came to these films quite late, kind of in my like early 20s, but Spirited Away is one that I wish I'd seen when I was maybe like 16, 17. Because I think even though Chihiro is like, what, she's like 11 maybe in the film. She has so much of that like experience that you have when you're growing up and you're at that age where you don't potentially kind of know what you want to do, like where you want to go. And like, I just feel like she's a really interesting character for for maybe a kind of a teenage girl to watch. Mm. No, I definitely agree with that. I definitely agree with that. There was all, there was this sense of like being, I know weirdly, like thinking about it now, it is almost like leaving the kind of cocoon of like your family home um, or, you know, school or whatever and like going maybe to, you know, another town for uni or traveling for the first time by yourself. It is being transposed into this completely alien environment and having to kind of figure your way out through it. Um, and, and I, I kind of love revisiting these films as I get older and as I grow up because I feel like I'm always gleaning new things from them. I feel like as a kid, they would be beautiful films to watch, just like visually so engaging. But then as you grow, you do definitely learn kind of real lessons, I think. And I think there is something in the details of it because like every frame has just been animated so kind of so creatively and kind of with such passion that like you look to a lot of the backgrounds and you're missing stuff that maybe you didn't catch on the first time round. Um, and there's a specificity to it that on the, and the little details of life. And which is something that I kind of feel in, in your lyrics as well. Like that, that there will be it, like, there's maybe what might be seen as a minor detail of a day or a week or something or the, the life experience, but that is what adds to the texture of it and kind of heightens the overall emotional experience. And I don't know, like, that's probably not something you're consciously thinking about. Um, and you're thinking uh, about this lyric, oh, this is a lot like that background character in Spirited Away when I read this. Um, 
but I, I kind of kind of see that parallel and whether that's like something that you're kind of thinking about when you're writing your lyrics as well about heightening that everydayness to them too definitely you know I, I remember reading a Frank Ocean interview when he was talking about memory and there was this sense of like when you remember something you remember it in in flashes like there are certain things that for some reason or another are really accentuated and some things that just kind of fade away and the, the way that I write songs is often through that kind of nostalgic lens where everything those tiny little details like the spot on someone's like forehead or you know the specific color of the flower that feels heightened to me when I think back to it um, and I just kind of document, you know, the way that I see things and the way that I experience stories. But you're so right. I feel like if we even like paused a frame in the bathhouse in Spirited Away, we would just see like a kaleidoscope uh, that maybe we would have missed on first watching for sure. I, I know I mentioned like that every element of every frame is so full of life. Um, but we haven't really mentioned the other than Kaguya, uh, the Isao Takahata's films, where a lot of the time it will be the removing of stuff that can really focus you in, uh, like that you've got always got these empty frames. Um, and so looking kind of back at his, I don't, I can't imagine when you're in an album session, you're choosing to watch Grave of the Fireflies. Um, but did you did you ever go for any of his films? Like there's the slighter ones, maybe like Only Yesterday. The thing is, you know, I actually haven't. I, cause I was in the, I was in the studio for what, like two weeks and I spent, 10 days, we decided to do the Jibby thing like 10 days in. Um, and those were the ones that I didn't catch. Like Grave of the Fireflies, apparently, my friend was telling me, um, is is incredible. That She said that that was her favorite. And so I haven't watched that one. I haven't watched Only Yesterday either. So I feel like there is definitely a whole world to explore still, for sure. Yeah, I, I think like um, something like Only Yesterday or Whisper of the Heart, uh, another one from the kind of early mid nineties, like going back to this idea of these, these kind of background details and these little more anthropological view of uh, of life kind of tinged with a sense of that animated magic that comes with all their films um would, would certainly spark something so maybe that that's for the next album you just yeah. that's going to be the, the takahata inspired one. <laughs> <laughs> i love that yeah um so something that um i can't really pick up on as much compared to someone who is a musician is uh, is the music of Studio Ghibli's films so like I can recognize that Joe Hisaishi is an amazing composer but I couldn't tell you what he's actually doing I can just say that it's really good <laughs> <laughs> um, so fr from that side of things if you're kind of listening out for it um, it would be great to kind of get an insight on it. anything like particular. I mean, that Spirited Away score is amazing um, mm. that you kind of might be might be taking from the the sound of a Ghibli film. Definitely, I I think there's there's something really vibrant about the soundtracks. They feel really full of of, of life, and and that sounds like quite a basic thing to say, but because the the scenes are often kind of bursting with color and and motion and the, the music always has that very kind of, um, it feels like almost like an animal. It's like living and breathing and jumping around and flitting around kind of alongside whatever's happening in, in the scene. Um, and my, I would say my favorite, to be honest, I think the music in Tales from Earthsea is incredible. I think it's really, really incredible. Again, I'm rooting for the underdog. <laughs> no, um, no, I think you're right. Yeah. It is amazing. Mm, and there are, I feel like it's just so, it's emotional, you know, I'm somebody who approaches music from a very much more emotional 
um, space rather than a technical one. Like I probably couldn't tell you what keys or what whatever is going on in the thing, but I can just tell that it, it moves me sometimes even more than than what's actually happening in the film. And there's always really beautiful uses of kind of strings and more kind of orchestral sounds. And yeah, I think the, the reason why these films are so great as well is that everything is considered. As you say, it's it's the visual details, but it's also the sonic detailing as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I think the, the tale of the Princess Kaguya is... Um, it's my favourite score of theirs. And that's oddly the only time that Joe Hisaishi collaborated with um, Isao Takahata or made his made a score for him. And I think there's just like kind of such kind of longing and isolation and innocence in that score. Uh, and I, I just can't stop listening to it. <laughs> You're right. You're so right. Especially for some reason, this moment really stands out to me when she's like running away um, from the kind of, dinner thing or whatever with all the suitors and she's just like thrashing like through the undergrowth and and the illustrations are almost everything kind of being ripped up as she's just like running into the darkness in this like deep sense of, of loneliness and fear and I remember the music kind of accentuating that so much it's really beautiful for sure yeah it's, it's an incredible film it's like oddly I think that's the one that maybe I can't watch that many times like I could watch Grave of the Fireflies you know the film about two kids surviving in a post-World War II apocalyptic landscape and dying. Uh, but, you know, Pr Princess Kaguya, I can... I don't know if I can go back to <laughs> as often. <laughs> so, oh, from so we've got Tales from Earthsea, the underrated gem. We've got Spirited Away, kind of the, the opus of inspiration that started it all. Uh, and then we've got Tales from Princess Kaguya, the, the recent modern classic and the way that Takahata kind of signed off his career. Um, what, what else was in this inspirational gumbo of uh, Ghibli films that contributed to your your album? Um, Howl's Moving Castle was definitely a big one um, for me. I, I think it's interesting. Again, I remember reading about the kind of motivations behind that um, that film and there was definitely this kind of like pacifist um, anti-war kind of element to it um, and and what was interesting to me was that this this film is probably one of the ones that bled into the record the most because it was that idea of like this record is about coming of age and it's about growing up and it's about kind of um, maturity I guess and and that whole idea of you know like Sophie like aging overnight like that and I think there is definitely age as like a, a theme throughout it. If you think about like Lord Cobb or you think about like Sophie or the Witch of the Waste who like doesn't want to be old. And um, so How's Moving Castle definitely bled into it. And also friendship. Like, I think that's that's a film with one of the like greatest friendships, like Calcifer, Sophie, like Turnip Head, that little weird scarecrow thing. Um, and it definitely taught me to kind of interrogate, yeah, like platonic love more. Um, because I think that's something that isn't spoken about as much and, and the value of just kind of having a partner in crime. Did you see um, Kiki's delivery service on on your big watch of Ghibli? No, I didn't. I saw it. I've seen it before, um, but I hadn't. I didn't watch it during the other time. I think the only other ones that we watched, um, Totoro, of course. Um, I think we watched Ponyo as well. I'm not sure. But yeah, I haven't seen Kiki's delivery service in a while now. I think, yeah, it's just really interesting because I feel like when 
people talk about Studio Ghibli and kind of friendship or coming of age, like Kiki's Delivery Service is like the big one. But I find it really interesting that for you, that's House Moving Castle and and those characters. Mm. Yeah, I mean, something wonderful about these films as well is that, you know, certain people will pick up on on one kind of sphere of what's going on and then someone else, it will be completely different. And it also the meaning of these films kind of changes over time or depending on your mood or what you want to get out of it. That's what I find really interesting about the the kind of process that you put yourself into where like tonally something like Earthsea to Ponyo uh, to Kaguya is a bit kind of emotional whiplash and (laughs) kind of stylistically all quite different as well. And uh, it would be kind of like carrying that into the session I, I, you, you almost you can't separate from it no I agree I think to be honest I was I, I kind of could tell that these films as you say it would be a little bit like Whiplash there would be this kind of very broad scope of what I would learn and what I would see and what I would feel but I was kind of up for that emotional whirlwind I think because I was writing about everything from like you know the highest peaks of joy to like the lowest lows and and I kind of wanted something that would um, wash over me in that way and challenge me in that way as well um, and it just felt yeah there was this sense it just felt really good to be like writing and so like deep in the pocket of my own life and then zoom all the way out to like this magical world where there's like a fire like having an argument you know what I mean it just it felt great <laughs> I have to ask when you were watching were you watching the subtitle versions or the English dubs um, I was watching subtitled versions I remember when I first watched them, though, I think I watched the English versions. I think when I watched Spirited Away, I remember it being, yeah, I remember it being the English version. I only watched the dubs for the first time during lockdown, and I was pleasantly surprised. Like, I, they're they're actually pretty well done, or, or like a good chunk of them are, at least. So you, you mentioned My Neighbor Totoro as one of these watches, and this was, um, this was definitely a reach from me, um, but because you because you open um caroline with about waiting for a bus and i could just uh just <laughs> and i i hear that and i immediately think yeah yeah she's definitely referencing my neighbor totara here i'm sure you're not um, um <laughs> but you, you could just offer me that clarity yeah no I'm, I'm afraid i'm afraid perhaps that was a teeny bit of a reach for that one <laughs> I can't find Studio Ghibli in everything, in every piece of art. Um, <laughs> get, I can find it in a lot of it. Uh, <laughs> so although I was, we normally would ask people about their, their underrated Ghibli gems at this point. Um, but I think you, you've come out to bat for Tales from Mercy, which is braver than I think anyone we've ever had uh, as a guest on the show. And so I don't know if we really need to ask you about that. But is there is there anything else that comes to mind? But it, surely it's Earthsea. It's definitely Earthsea. I mean, on all lists, it's at the bottom. <laughs> but for my list, it is not. I think, honestly, it's just because, like, I found... I, I could really empathise, I think, with the idea of, of a character that um, just has this, like, real duality to him where he actually kind of like you know splits in two it kind of reminds me of like this book called Steppenwolf the idea of having like a wolf and a, and a human inside you at the same time um and I don't know I think it's also just that speech at the end where they're talking about like why that what the value is in living and the fact that like time is precious I was just like ah 
I remember just getting so emotional. And although I definitely can agree that like the pacing of it is sometimes a little bit strange and there are sometimes bits that like don't quite make sense. Um, I just I just feel like it's a really kind of moving film and it's a it's an adventure and yeah I don't think there are any of the films that I would say are, are rubbish I actually really enjoy all of them for different reasons and to different extents with other directors in Ghibli if it's strangely paced or uh kind of doesn't make sense they would say yeah but that's part of it you've got to get lost in it. like exactly. you can't question <laughs> it um but with Ursi it's not um well you, you so you teased a list there and we do love a list so if you could at least give us the what might be the top three, the um the bronze, silver and gold, seeing as we're in the Olympics at the moment. Ooh. Okay. Well, my favourite's Princess Mononoke, because it's just for many, many, many reasons, but just I feel like the the characters are my favourite. I think the actual like San San like Princess Mononoke is one of my favourite characters like visually like her mask she's riding on a wolf man like you can't you can't beat that um so that would be top and then probably spirited away because it's the first one that i watched and it has that kind of real sentimental um value to me um and i love no face and that scene when they're on the train kind of by the water is like one of the most beautiful when haku's like flying in the with all the little paper things attacking him um it's just a gorgeous film um, and then How's Moving Castle. So I think it's quite a basic, you know, top three. What about you guys's? What's you guys's top three? Oh, go on, Steph, you, you go. Oh, okay. Well, I think Naushka of the Valley of the Wind is like, I think my big fave, um, just because every time I watch it, there's like something else going on. Um, and I'm struggling through the manga at the moment, which is like, five times the size um, oh, well i mean this this is this is always my joke whenever we do one of these records like my microphone stand is the manga because it's that thick just enormous <laughs> <laughs> oh my god wow <laughs> it's a challenge in itself yeah so good i really like ponyo as well i just think it's so fun i think i saw that at the one of the first ones i saw at the cinema and it just made me cry when she's like running on the waves it's just like so joyful um I don't know what my third one is probably probably a basic like totoro or spirited away just trying to think of the ones that i go back to the most but um i like that naushka is your top one steph because it kind of implies that they they've only been going downhill ever since like, from their first film <laughs> the first one was the best they should have just stopped after that it would have been fine <laughs> they can't top it <laughs> i think my yeah mine would probably have to be first would be minor totoro and then Porco Rosso, which I love just because it's just such a such a lovely adventure and so much fun. And that's one that I can just switch on all the time and have a have a have a laugh with. Um, and then totally in the opposite direction would be great with the fireflies because it's just devastating. Um, but I think is is so impressively made. But yeah, they're, they're also it's rare that they do a bad one. I mean, it's amazing that they can get through 25 and only have a couple of duds in there. But, you know, I'm, I'm glad to have someone uh on my side with tales from Earthsea, which i mean although i mean i would i would probably probably should have mentioned this at the start but i would i would go as controversial as to say that i think tales from Earthsea is is better than Howl's moving castle um which <laughs> no you didn't oh my goodness no 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 cannot cannot accept <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, there, there's a limit to the uh, the Earthsea fandom that I can I can feel with something. But I'm glad to have even just a, another person on my team. Well, I mean that that's a, a great insight into how Ghibli has kind of influenced this album and and obviously your kind of cultural the cultural impact it's had on you um, ever since discovering Spirited Away and we we it's had such a huge impact on us over the last few years. Um, well, up until three years ago, I'd never seen a Studio Ghibli film. So that was the whole point of this podcast in the first place. Um, and so now we are trying to figure out what we should do next, because uh, we've looked at the Irish Studio Cartoon Saloon. We've looked at the amazing anime director Satoshi Kon. What other kind of studios or directors or series do you think we could uh, go on our odyssey into next? Mm. Have you guys watched the anime Dear Brother? No. no, no, do tell us about it. Yeah, so it's it's probably actually one of the most um, beautiful, when I'm talking about the illustrations, um, one of the most beautiful animes that I've watched. And it kind of follows um, this schoolgirl, I guess, um, just kind of navigating college and sororities. And there are these three kind of like very interesting androgynous kind of like superhero figures within this kind of sorority and there's a lot of like backstabbing and drama and like bisexual undertones and it's very like it's a lot but in a beautiful way <laughs> a lot of like it's just very it's very intense but it's very beautiful and it's very like I think you guys would like it I got really obsessed with it and I would watch it with my best friend like all the time because he's in LA and we would just FaceTime and just like watch it and there are like infinite episodes as well. You can find it on, on. Oh, I'm not sure where you can find it. I just found, you can find it somewhere. Steph, that sounds very much like your, your cup of tea. I'm going to add it to the list of anime shows that I'm working through at the moment. Uh, <laughs> did kind of, um, did watching Ghibli like kick off an obsession or kind of a will to like go and watch more anime shows or was it something that you were already doing? Yeah, I hadn't really watched very much anime at all. Um, my little brother's a massive fan of anime and like an encyclopedia of anime. Um, and I, I hadn't really explored it at all. And then that kind of, yeah, as you say, opened up the world to me. Um, but I definitely am like open to any suggestions as well because my brother won't won't tell me. He's like, you should find out for yourself. <laughs> That's such a difficult thing to do, I feel like. Oh, Steph, from your knowledge, if... if by the sounds of Dear Brother, what would you kind of offer as a as a return? Like, I really like the quite recent show called um, Keep Your Hands Off Isekin. It's about animation. It's about like these three schoolgirls that want to make kind of anime. Um, and they kind of, um, it's really clever because they show you kind of all of the, the moving parts of like how you make an animation show work. Um, and it's just like, I think in terms of like, if you're a fan of like just the, kind of raw like style of something like Princess Kaguya then this is like such a good show to to watch for something like that just because it's so creative um but it's very kind of slice of life but has those kind of like fun fantasy elements as well that's yeah a big recommendation from me in the kind of 12 episodes of this mini series that has been recommended three times now <laughs> so many times I'm trying to stray away from recommending like Jojo's Bizarre Adventure or something like that which is just mad but also fun so yeah i'm kind of terrified of the ones where it's like oh no once you get past the first 100 episodes then it gets really good yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh well although it's been a pleasure learning about 
how much Ghibli has kind of influenced you and of course getting some fantastic anime recommendations as well. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much to Arlo Parks for joining us on the Ghibliotech to talk all about her favourite Ghibli movies. I think that was a great defence of Taos from Earthsea. Jake, I think you'll be very pleased with that. And some great recommendations. I think we'll definitely check out Dear Brother. And you never know, in Arlo's next album, you might hear some references to Keep Your Hands Off Isekin, which I know has been thrown about quite a lot by our other guests. Yes, after the recommendations from both Mike Rianda and Enrico Casarossa, I feel like that's a series that we uh, we can't escape from. And I'm sure there will be some discussion of it at some point on this podcast, God knows when. Um, but it sounds, it sounds like it would be up my street, that's for sure. We'll have to see whether any further guests in the Chat Returns miniseries recommend it, of course. There are more episodes coming, listeners, so keep an eye on your podcast app of choice for new episodes in the near future also look out for the ghibli tech book in september whether in the uk or the us there's free international shipping as well if you click the link in the episode description you can also get in touch with the podcast ghibli at little.studios.com or if you want to keep up with us on twitter we're there at ghibli attack and steph's on twitter as well she's over there at underscore steph watts you can follow michael at michael j leader and you can follow jake on twitter at jake h cunningham Bibliotech is a Little Dot Studios production. Our artwork is by Sophie Moe, our music is by Anthony Ying, and James Payne is our editor. The show is produced by Michael Leader, Jake Cunningham, Harold McShill, and Steph Watts. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.